a professor and life coach known around the world. Give it up for Dr. Aaron Bryant. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this edition of DrBryantSpeaks.com. Our show, of course, is all about the military veterans and families out there in the world. My name is Dr. Bryant, also a veteran, entrepreneur, and your host. Now, if you're new to listening to this broadcast, I want to say welcome and thank you for tuning in. I started this because being a veteran for many is no easy transition into being a civilian. However, it is not easy for family members either. So we need to collaborate and learn how we can support one another. So if you are a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast. Feel free to comment about the show. You can check me out on all the social medias at drbryanspeaks.com. Now today, I have a very special guest, a dear friend of mine. Everyone, I want to introduce you to Dr. Felicia Hacker. Hello, Felicia? hello, hello. So all happy right. to be here. Uh, I am happy to have you, Felicia. I know you and I have known each other for years. We actually taught yeah. at the same university. Uh, I was there when you started this particular organization that you're going to talk about. So. Before we jump into that, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Thank you, thank you. First, I want to say I am so proud of you. This is so dope what you are doing. So congratulations. Oh, um, thank you. I am what I call just me. I am flossom Felicia. That's my life right now. Um, and I am <laughs> awesome. I am flawed, but that's what makes me awesome. So my background, I've just recently come to that revelation, by the way. Uh, my background okay. is I'm an army brat, uh, raised all over the globe. My dad's an army guy, spent uh, most of my time overseas and he uh, retired at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Um, in high school, I was never the person that stood out. You know, I was really comfortable being in the middle and in the middle of the pack in my senior year, I realized like I have no plans and I'm pretty sure uh, nobody can afford to send me to college. So um, <laughs> I am, when I say I'm 100% in, I'm 100% in. So uh, I decided I was gonna be a Marine. And um, it didn't work out. The Marine recruiter hung up on me three times. <laughs> <laughs> I went down there being the firecracker I am to kind of be like, what's up with that? And uh, totally kind of in the times we're living in now, I think it's hilarious. When I walked in, the um, gunny in charge of the recruiting station told all the white recruiters to back off and let the black guy handle me. Wow. Worst mistake. He took it as a joke. Uh, I ended up getting mad. Three hours I stayed there and I just got mad and was like, screw this. I'm walking to my car and I look over and I see the Air Force recruiter beat up on his desk, looks like Jim Carrey, has a jelly <laughs> donut stain on his shirt. And I'm like, you know, what could it hurt? So I went in, I enlist, um, I sh get shipped off, you know, and I become a photographer. Um, which is a cool job, you know, especially at 19 yeah. years old. Uh, it was a really, I didn't want it to be honest because I wanted to be a cop. So I thought, um, SP, but, right? Yeah, I thought that's what I wanted. Um, <laughs> the universe was like, please do not <laughs> let this chick have a gun. Um, so my job actually allowed me to go into everybody else's career fields and see what they did. And um, I really kind of grew up behind a camera. I was all over the globe taking pictures. Um, I got wow. exposed to a lot more. So 
um, being a photographer, literally, you know, VIPs come to base, you're right there. So, you know, the four star generals having these really high conversations with all kind of political figures and you're right there, um, wow. which kind of gave you me a different insight on life. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they kind of see you as their daughter. So they give you a lot of encouragement. Number one thing, go to school, go to school. You know, we all come in and say, we're going to go to school, go to school. So I finally did it, decided to like start going to school um, seriously. And then I graduated with my bachelor's in 2007, December and January 2008, jumped right into my master's. By this time I'm married, my husband is not happy with me. He's like, are you serious? You just pushed me to finish this bachelor's and now we're off to a master's. being from Oklahoma, I had the opportunity to go to grad school at the University of Oklahoma, which oh. is awesome for me. I'm a sooner through and through. Sooner, yeah. Yes, die. I'm not happy with them right now, but we will talk. <laughs> yeah, that's another. That's we'll another talk show. about that. <laughs> um, and then um, I started kind of feeling like there was something calling to me outside of the Air Force, and. I'm getting nervous because at this point I've been in 12 years and I'm like, seriously, like, what am I going to do? This is all I know. I was born into a dual mill family. My mom got out a little bit later, um, but it just kept calling. And then I just, uh, when I found out that I was, we were pregnant with our first child, that's when reality set in for me. And I thought I'm not built to deploy as a mom. I've been there mm-hmm. and I've held moms. Um, in our tent at night as they bawled. They missed first words and first steps. And um, God bless them because you have to be a strong individual to do that. And and I, my hat goes off to all parents that can do that. I just knew I wasn't built that way. Um, So that's what kind of pushed me to decide to get out. Um, I told my husband, stay, (laughs) you know, we'll follow you. My husband was OSI. Please don't hold that against me if you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he was a special investigator. Yeah. Uh, we met on a crime scene, kind of off. But <laughs> um, but they didn't have a forensic photographer available, so they called you? That's why they called me. It was. Oh, wow. I was kidding. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, we met um, in a trailer park at South Georgia for a crime scene in the middle of the summer. <laughs> Wow. We need okay. a much better story for our kids. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it just, I, I, he said he didn't want to get out, or he did want to get out, so we decided to make that transition together. Um, we are type A people, so we had a plan. We said we want so much money in the bank, you know, we did everything, and we listened and watched people around us. There were people who I think wanted to get out but had painted themselves in a corner and couldn't get out. Yeah, very common. You know, unhappy, unfortunately. Yeah, they were just unhappy. And I think life happened so fast. You know, they came in with goals. And then before they know it, they had mortgages, college payment, car payments, and they felt stuck. So we try to always live not under that shadow. We don't have bills, never had bills. Um, So in trying to figure all this out, um, my husband calls my bright ideas mental martinis. I get them often. Uh, I was driving on base and I saw an RV and I was like, we should buy an RV. We have no (laughs) idea where we're going to land. So why not? So um, I talked him into this. We got a 35 foot class A bus and uh, December 6th, I remember sitting in our driveway. We handed the keys to our landlord in Knob Noster, Missouri. 
and we looked at each other and said, now what? We had out-processed that morning and the world was our oyster at that point. Um, wow. So I said, well, I guess we could drive to my parents in Oklahoma. And we park it uh, in the back the backyard or something on the side of the house. We actually <laughs> ended up staying on base. Um, there was oh, a lake, okay. so we were literally down by the river okay. <laughs> in this RV, uh, which was uh, the, the most amazing opportunity. What I found though was, you know, most people can't transition like that, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, we had 110 days of terminal leave. So we were really not in reality, um, to be honest, actually August 21st to December, we were not in reality. We were on leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then what turned into like, oh, this is gonna be a fun thing. We actually ended up living in the RV for a solid year. We wow. drove coast to coast three times. We logged over 17,000 miles. Um, it didn't sink in that we were out of the military. It felt like we were just on leave. It was mm-hmm. awesome because we got to bond with our daughter. She was 15 months old when we started the trip. Um, Especially but, in such a small confinement. Yeah, really. we survived that. I was like, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, right now with COVID right now, I think a lot of families are experiencing that and they're going, oh, whoa. Yeah. I told my husband, I think I prepared us by asking for COVID because we did that Um, about three years ago. We went all Um, Mm plant-based. I homeschooled the kids for a little bit. So we were like nimble. We were ready. (laughs) Um, However, on my way out, I was diagnosed with PTSD. And I thought, whatever. Like, that's for people who, like, no kidding, saw combat, not me. What I thought part of the misstep for the military, in my opinion, was my husband wasn't given any resources to say, you're probably gonna be the first person to see any noticeable changes in her personality or anything. Um, So as we're on the road, it's fun. Um, What started kind of reality setting in was as we were just kind of hopping around, there was a um, counter subculture in RV parks of homeless veterans right right Um, and we started talking to them and learning their stories Uh, we actually uh, ended up getting our RV stuck in the mud and uh, a gentleman happened by who was a veteran wanted to help us but he knew another veteran new to the park that had a truck and I watched them barter they've created a barter system amongst themselves no money exchanges hands Mm -hmm. but it's based on some of their training the one guy was an HVAC guy and the other guy's trailer needed help so it was it was alarming yeah. to watch. Um, and then I thought, like, how did they get here? And that's when I started thinking about the transition issues. Um, but again, we're off on the road. We find now, out- I want to re- pause for a second and remind the audience, what year approximately is this? This is 2010. Okay, so I say that because the importance of those vets that are listening to understand how the veteran affairs existed back then. We didn't have the VA that we have now. It's, it's come a long way since 2010, 2000, 2000. So I just kind of want to give some perspective because the resources, the communication, all of the support that we are you getting accustomed to now, it wasn't like that back then. So just kind of want to give some reflections. So go ahead, continue with your story. Um, so then we find out that we um, are pregnant a second time and I'm like, okay, somebody has to get a job and it's not <laughs> going to be the pregnant girl. <laughs> so 
Um, a year to the day, we move into our rental home in uh, Brunswick, Georgia. My husband uh, gets a job at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center there. Um, I was not happy. I didn't enjoy Georgia the first time around, to be honest. The humidity is too much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so we move in our house August 21st, and I'm nesting. And he comes home on September 3rd and says, you are going to kill me. I just got a job in Sacramento. And I'm like, ah. what? My first question was, how high are you right now? <laughs> what do you mean? And he's like, I got to, it's a, you know, he sat me down and it was a better move for our family, but I'm very mm -hmm. pregnant, seven and a half months at this point. And I'm like, pack it up. Let's go now. You know, and I you can't fly, kids. right? Is that? I that... didn't want my kid born in Georgia, to be honest. <laughs> but Cali, he's from Cali. Um, so he said, nope, we're waiting. Uh, the day our son turned six weeks old, we got on the road five days across to California. Um, so then I get here and this is the first time like he's actually going to work. Like we're really in the throes of our new civilian life and I don't understand it. I do not fit in with the other moms. Yeah. Um, and I am having a pity party. I just don't understand. Like I'm used to telling people what to do and they do it. I mm -hmm. legit told my two year old, you're not getting up from the table until you drink this milk. Exactly. She slammed her cup down and said, this is America. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Where do He's I put what, that? Two years old. Two. I, love it. I don't know what to do with that. Like what? <laughs> uh, Should have been a clue. Right. Um, so I'm really struggling at this point. Um, I meet him in the driveway one day, bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, I can't do this. He's like, what? Like, what do you mean? I'm like, I cannot stay home. Like, this is too much. Right. Um, so it took me about a year to even get used to that role. Um, and then as I'm going out, you know, there's things that I've lived through and, and just my military makeup. And then I'm dealing with women who have no clue what my world was like and the things right. they care about. I just don't not know not to them, but That's right. just didn't speak to me. Mm. Um, so it was really hard to make that leap. And then that's when I started noticing the cracks. And I thought, man, that was a bad week. Mm -hmm. And then things would be okay. And they're like, whew. That was a bad month and then things would be okay um and that's when i started realizing like maybe there's something to this pts diagnosis um at the same time i'm like i need something so that's why i decided to go back to school because i'm a stay-at-home mom i make my own schedule how hard could it be to get a doctorate <laughs> oh so you knew you wanted to go that high anyway so you kind of um, made that decision no i okay again mental martini moment i am on the couch <laughs> having a pity party when a Brandman commercial comes on and the lady ah, yeah. in the commercial looks happy. And in my head, I'm like, ooh, that's where happiness lives. I have to go to that school. And right. I picked up the phone and called. Like, I wish it was a better story, but it's not. That's how it happened. And then I kind of started saying, okay, like I could do this. And I did. Um, and what I loved about the school was they encouraged me to research things that were important to me. The assignments, you know, were outlined, but you needed the subject matter to be something important to you. So I started researching that's transitioning. Why do I feel so odd? What is something wrong with me? And then as I read, I realized that I'm not alone. 
um, a lot of families go through this, not just the, the um, military members themselves, but this is a whole new ballgame for the whole family. So that really lit a fire for me, like, okay, this is my lane. I want to help this segment of the population because they're near dear to my heart and I understand mm -hmm. what that struggle feels like. Um, I did my dissertation on female veterans transitioning into college, which um, gave me some more insights. And from there, um, I started realizing just me personally as a female veteran, I felt invisible. So that's what led to the creation of Dog Tag Divas. I wanted us to be able to tell our stories, to be seen, but to also create a safe space for us to come talk and support one another. Um, Wonderful. That's kind of how I got to where I am now. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please visit Dr. Bryant's website, drbryantspeaks.com. Also, visit his social media platforms, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, all titled drbryantspeaks.com.